With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome on, welcome on to the Tortillas and Takes podcast powered by Guns Up Nation. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And I'm solo dolo. That's right. I'm by myself here previewing the Texas Tech Baylor game. Uh, the last game of the regular season. This is the last one for us this year. And what has been a wild and wacky, crazy year. But luckily, this will not be the last game of the football season for the Texas Tech Red Raiders as we do have a postseason game. It's going to be a bowl game. We don't know which bowl game we're going to go to just yet. But luckily, we're going to have one regardless of what happens in this game against Baylor. We'll talk about that here a little bit later. But first, uh, let's let's get on to this game. So Texas Tech at the eighth-ranked Baylor Bears. We talked about before just how tough this stretch was, right, that we've had to go to – had to play a game uh, at Oklahoma, home against Iowa State, uh, home against Oklahoma State, and then ended at Baylor. We talked about that before, how tough this stretch was. And so far in this stretch, one and two. And I will say the last two games – I don't think the Tech defense especially played pretty bad. Tech defense has actually played really pretty well, right? Getting the win against Iowa State, where both sides of the ball played well. And then, of course, the Oklahoma State game, where it was a defensive battle. Defense played well. Offense left, left a little bit to be desired. So, uh, speaking of the offense, we do have not really a new leader in charge. Sonny Cumbie has been retained as the offensive coordinator for the Texas Tech Raiders. And listen, I, uh, I tweeted this. I, I I think it's a good move. It's the move. I personally, I thought there was only one other guy that I would have rather had, which is Zach Kitley, the OC from West Kentucky. I think he's a star in the making. Um, but and I, and I would have loved to have him. But if it wasn't him, I, I wanted Cumby. I thought Cumby would be a good guy to, to steady the ship. Uh, I think it's a good decision to keep Cumby. I just find it funny that this is happening after we got shut out the previous week. Like, uh, I can't remember who something tweeted it. It would have been perfect to do it last week. And I agree. Last week, after the great showing that Donovan Smith had, 
uh, after the great showing the offense had in general against Iowa State. That would have been the great time to promote him, right? <laughs> um, or maybe even wait a week. You know, I'm sure I guarantee you he'll have a better offensive showing, a better offensive output against Baylor. It can't be worse. So it would be at least <laughs> shut out again or better against Baylor. So give it another week, and then maybe that's when you promote him. But either way, I do think that it's it's good that Sonny Cumbie staying on. Um, one thing to take note when it comes to Sonny Cumbie staying on is that basically Joey McGuire is Joey McGuiring him, right? Joey McGuire, after Matt Rule left for the NFL, uh, had the option of going with Matt Rule to the Carolina Panthers. He had that option. Matt Rule wanted him to come along, wanted him to, to, to kind of be there with him. And McGuire decided to stay at Baylor, decided to ride the ship. And when Aranda came on, Aranda and the... Baylor administration asked McGuire to stay on staff, right? What happened with that? Well, Baylor didn't lose a lot of recruits. A lot of those recruits that Rule had kept on stayed at Baylor and helped steady the ship, helped steady the recruiting ship, helped steady all of that. Well, since Cumbie has been named the interim head coach, he hasn't stopped recruiting. He's still been recruiting for this team. Uh, the the offense, I mean, like I said, against Iowa State, they played pretty well. We haven't really complained too much about Cumbie all year long. Now, I'm not saying Cumbie is Kingsbury 2.0, but – he, he's been decent. He's been uh, not too many complaints, especially after what we saw with David Yosla two years prior. Cumbie's been been okay. He hasn't been the reason that we've had some of the games that we've had. And so I think McGuire looks at Cumbie and says, you know, with Cumbie, I can get a lot of what Aranda got from me at Baylor. I get a guy who's able to stay here. He's already, he's continued to recruit. So those recruits that he's been able to, he's been offering scholarships to and, and been keeping and, and been keeping in contact with. Are still going to be there, and he and and he's going to be get the opportunity to still make those phone calls and still have that passion for Texas Tech. And speaking of passion for Texas Tech, he has it. He absolutely has it. Right. Um, the the tradition of the pump jack, that pump jack mentality is great. It's everything that West Texas stands for. And uh, the McGuire keeping him on staff, I think, just has much to do with continuity and keeping some of the the players that we have on campus or the players that we currently have on campus keeping the recruits that we currently are talking to has just as much to do with that than anything else. And so I am still curious who else on the offensive staff stays along. Uh, I am of the belief that Coach Smith, our running backs coach, I think he's going to stay. And if he stays, most likely our quarterback Donovan Smith stays. That'd be great. Um, but outside of Coach Smith, I don't know who else stays on. I, I think everybody else is a fire sale in a way, right? Everybody else. I don't – Coach Patterson was, is not going to be here. Um, I think that's, I don't know if that's been officially announced, but everything that I've heard, he will not be the defense coordinator next year. Uh, and I, I, as much as we've talked about, you know, we've, we've talked about some of the, the like coach Jones, the DB coach, some of the other guys, I don't really see anybody else staying. Um, so I am curious if, if, if anybody else stays and if not, who replaces them It's still to be desired, still to be seen. We don't know. The only thing that coach McGuire has told us is that he is, Giving, he's respecting the coaches and their schools and letting them play out their seasons. And ha- and he did also say that some of those schools are going to have bowls and going to have other things to prepare for beforehand. So that's, you know, he's playing the long game. That does tell us that a lot of those play, a lot of these coaches are uh, college coaches, right? We did have David Smith, high school coach from Oklahoma. He just got hired on the, onto the staff. And that, I mean, that's easy because high school games are ending now. Playoffs are ending for the most part. The state playoffs are coming up here shortly. And so that's a guy that he's able to hire pretty quickly because it's high school. But that comment does tell us that most of the people he's looking to hire won't be from high school, probably won't be from the NFL either, are going to be mostly college coaches. So that'll be very interesting to see how that fills out. Anyways, as we get on to Coach McGuire's former team, Baylor, uh, 
I am curious, you know, hopefully Coach McGuire can give us some tidbits against Baylor. But Baylor, I mean, what you see is what you get with this Baylor Bears team, right? They are a team that doesn't, they don't do much fancy things. They're not going to come in here and give you these trick plays and and line you up and, and try to break you down and stuff. No, they're not that fancy. They're just good, right? They're just good. So first off, I, want, I do want to talk about their quarterback and the quarterback battle. And that is Jerry Bohannon from Baylor against Donovan Smith for Texas Tech. Let me, say, let me just say this. At the beginning of the season, in the preview, I said that Jerry Bohannon might just be the worst quarterback in the Big 12. I said he would be second worst to worst, but he was at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to quarterbacks in the Big 12. Let me just say that I was wrong. I was big wrong. Big, big, big wrong. That boy good. I, I, don't, I don't even know why it took him so long to decide between him and Jacob Zeno. I've seen Jacob Zeno play. It's not close. Jerry Bohannon is a quality quarterback. He's, one of the, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12. He's been absolutely fantastic, and he's going to be a guy that the defense is going to have to worry about. Now, you're kind of – interesting thing about Gary, Jerry Bohannon is that Donovan Smith, very similar. And I, I ain't just saying that because they're both black, all right? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not just going out there and saying that. But they're very similar quarterbacks, both big body, tough physical runners when they need to be, but also – Oddly accurate. Gary Bohannon, like, the, the thing that's most impressive about Bohannon to me is that he is accurate. And I did not expect that from him whatsoever. He's a very accurate quarterback. He's been playing for, for Baylor. He's been really uh, steadying the ship when it comes to all of their drives. They don't hit you with too many big plays. They're, he's just a guy that's going to murder you down the field slowly, cut by cut by cut. Um, he, he's been absolutely fantastic. Then you switch over to Donovan Smith. Now, Donovan Smith, talk about a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde situation there with Donovan Smith. Two weeks ago against Iowa State, looked fantastic. Looked fantastic. There were even Mahomes comparisons. It was great. And then last week, big yikes. Big yikes. Now, a lot of that was that the O-line didn't help him out. I mean, really, nobody helped him out. The O-line was letting everybody from Oklahoma City in the backfield. Receivers were dropping passes. There were miscommunication all over the place. It was really bad. Now, then, whenever he did have something, uh, a cleaner pocket, whenever he did have open receivers, he was just missing them. And that usually that didn't really happen until the second half. And he was just out, just flustered, forcing his throws, being inaccurate. It wasn't great. This will be the game to me to really tell us who is Donovan Smith. Just how good is Donovan Smith, right? Is this going to be a situation? We saw this with Alan Bowman where a few hits and a few injuries, he became a completely different quarterback. He played scared. Donovan Smith in the second half of the last game played scared. Hopefully, I'm hoping that we see – I'm hoping what we see this upcoming week is not a scared Donovan Smith, but a guy who goes out there and plays fearless like he did against Iowa State, uh, which is also a good defense. I actually compare the Iowa State defense to the Baylor defense very similarly. They play a, a, a similar type of defense, right, where they're, they're three-down linemen, but they blitz you from all over the place. You, you don't know where it's coming from, right? And, and they're both equally as good. I, I, I would say – it's a take your pick as far as the second best defense in the conference between Iowa State and Baylor, right? And so I'm hoping what we saw from Donovan Smith against Iowa State, we see the same thing against Baylor. And if that's the case, we actually might have an upset on it. Like, it's, it's possible. It's absolutely possible. So uh, as we go down the line, one of the reasons why Bohannon has been so good and so, like, just such a beast for Baylor is because they're rushing attack. They got some beats. Listen, this is the year of the running back in the Big 12, and Baylor's no exception. And they have, again, they're another school with two of them. Abram Smith and Tristan Ebner, 
So I'm gonna start off with I'm gonna start off talking about Smith because Abrams Abram Smith is your prototypical you know big bo- he, uh, guy that can run through between the tackles a guy that's fast enough to get on the outside he's he's a p- troublemaker he's a problem child right but the thing about Tristan Ebner is he's a do it all back he can do it everything he is a scary guy if you watch him on film that dude that dude is scary quick as hell <laughs> Tristan Ebner is quick as hell and every single time he has the ball. It can be dangerous. I mean, he's their punt return guy. He's their kick return guy. He does it virtually all for them. He's a good receiver and a good running back. He, like Tristan Ebner, uh, very similar, in my opinion, to Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State, where he just put the ball in Ebner's hands and he, he'll beast it. He'll do whatever it takes. But then you also have Abram Smith. And sometimes you can't really, t- they're both virtually the same size. So a lot of times you can't tell the difference between the two of them. But it's just that Abram Smith, a lot more powerful runner, but still fast enough on the outsides to where Tristan Ebner can do whatever the hell he wants. It's, it's a real, like, I don't want to say thunder and lightning. It's more like lightning and lightning. Like it's it's a it's a tough attack you have to defend against. Um, and then you flip it on Texas Tech side, where we're still looking at Sir Roger Thompson and um, uh, uh, Taj Brooks. And Thompson got a lot more carries last week, so we'll see if that continues. I think our running game is just as effective, just as tough as as Baylor's. Um, where it's a little bit more of a, uh, and I talk about lightning and lightning with Baylor. Ours is more thunder and thunder, right? Both Thompson and Brooks likes to pound it through the middle. They like to go in and, and play in the middle. So it'll be interesting to see. One, I want to see if, if we can get a running game going. And it, the big thing on that is the whole line. Like the whole line got to do something here. The, 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 the problem that I'm having is, is that last week against Oklahoma State, we, we talked a lot about how much they were in the backfield and hitting Smith. They, like, the running game was absent. Nothing was happening for us whatsoever. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that, well, Texas, the old line just couldn't do anything. And Baylor's, listen, Baylor's front seven ain't much, <laughs> or ain't much worse, right? Like, that's another team that you're going to have to worry about when it comes to the old line. And the old line, to me, is the biggest problem. It's the biggest question mark. Uh, and whether, you know, whether Tech can make it do what it do and, and hold them back is going to be really, really going to be a big problem. Uh, one thing that's not going to be a problem for Texas Tech or for any of us is getting gifts for our, our uh, loved ones. <laughs> you like that transition? I liked it. Uh, hey, I'm doing this by myself, and I, I found my avenue, all right? Uh, Manscaped is hooking us up, hooking everybody up uh, with potential gifts. Listen, I, I just – look, I'm – this will drop on Black Friday – so you're already in shopping mood, all right? If it's when it comes to Black Friday, when it comes to Small Business Sunday, when it comes to Cyber Monday, you're already in that mode of I gotta I gotta get these gifts for my family. Christmas coming up, let's do it. Manscaped got these boxes. I'm trying to t- I'm trying to help you all out. They got these boxes. They got these gift boxes, real cheap. Not only are they cheap, but also they're hooking hooking y'all up because they because they're our ad partner. Twenty percent off with promo code Tortillas. That's twenty percent off promo code Tortillas plural. Um, and you get 20% off of any of these gifts. Like, hook your dad up, hook your brother up, get them these gifts, get them the lawnmower 4.0, get them the get them boxers, all of that, right? And uh, it'll be a great gift for, for all of them. So, uh, again, that is promo code TORTILLAS for 20% off your entire order. But now, back to the Texas Tech Baylor preview. Um, so, like I said, Baylor's, Baylor's defense is, is really good. And tech, at the end of the day, the O-line is going to be the biggest factor as to how good or bad Tech does in this game. 
it's just our attack offense anyway. How good or bad they're going to do in this game. And there's going to be a lot on how good or bad the whole line is. The fact of the matter is, is that they just haven't, they weren't good last week. They were much better the week before. And so just like I was talking about Smitty being Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the whole line is the same thing. And we can't have it. Right? Let me tell you about some of the beasts that Baylor has on their defense that have just been just causing problems. First of all, Terrell Bernard. We talked about him in the season preview. And he has lived up to everything we thought he would be. That dude stays in the backfield. Five sacks on the season, eight tackles for loss. He is a menace. But one guy we did not talk too much about in the preview that has really kind of came alive is Gabe Hall. All right, Gabe Hall, he's a guy that hadn't really had much experience, didn't play, only played a game last year, barely played his freshman year of the year before. This year, he, he's bout it. He's been bout it. Also five sacks in the season. He's been really good. Um, but the guy that I would say has probably been their player of the year on defense, Jalen Pitre. First of all, we don't know if he's a linebacker or a safety. Because <laughs> he's built like a linebacker. Or really, he's built like a safety, but hits like a linebacker, right? Um, he, he's been absolutely all over the field. And, and for a safety to have 15 tackles in the backfield. Look, you, listen, look, I'm saying this again. A safety has 15 tackles for loss is wild. Absolutely wild, right? And so that's going to be the biggest problem, especially with a guy like Thompson likes to kick it on the outside a lot of times. Listen, you bounce that thing outside, Petra's going to be there. But here's the problem. You bounce that thing in the middle, Petra's going to be there. He's all over the field for Baylor. He, I am, dude, dude, he is, he's an absolute beast um, of a player. He's an absolute beast of a player. Another guy that's been playing really well for them, and when it comes to linebackers, Dylan Doyle. Now, Dylan Doyle, he was an Iowa transfer. He did play last year. And he played pretty steady last year. It wasn't bad. But he's really shown alive and shown what he could be this year. This is the season that he's been able to really kind of put his, put his stamp on the Baylor defense. He's been really good as well. So this, I mean, this defense is, this Baylor defense is absolutely full of stars. Um, but similar to what we were talking about last week with Oklahoma State, to me, Baylor's, Baylor, they have an opportunistic defense when it comes to getting turnovers. But... They're, they're not, they, they are, they are not, they don't break very easily. They don't break very easily, but they also don't get too many turnovers, right? They're a team that I do think if you can hold the ball and keep the ball against them, you might have some success. Not turning the ball over is something, that's something they're not necessarily ball hawks. They just play good defense. They force a lot of three and out, similar to Oklahoma State. And so if you can, and, and Oklahoma State didn't beat us by forcing turnovers last week. They beat us by just beating us. So if we can do a situation like I would say we're moving down the field and also not turning the ball over, Tech may be in a good position. Tech just might be in a good position. So one, so with that, it's, it's time for predictions. It's about that time for me to make my predictions on this game. Um, so first, I'm going to start with the offensive player of the game, the guy that I think is going to come alive in this. And I've been talking a lot about the running game, what the running game has to do. I need a Todd Brooks game. I need a Todd Brooks game. I need Todd Brooks to bust out, have a hundred yard day on this on on this game. To to re- I mean, we are going to need or Sarajic Thompson. But I, like I said, I'm I'm of the believer. I'm Todd Brooks gang, right? And I think that uh, uh, Todd, if he can bust out, have a hundred yard game or eighty yard game, and him and Thompson, the run game really gets going. That is going to open up the field for Donovan Smith. It's also going to make those RPOs a lot more dangerous. And and Donovan Smith himself is dangerous when it comes to the RPO. So it's going to make those RPOs a lot more dangerous. I just I need a big game from Todd Brooks. That's what I'm going with. Defensively, I, I you know get one of the things that I, and I hadn't mentioned this before. Gary Bohannon only has six interceptions on the year. 
hasn't really turned the ball over very much. So it's going to be tough for us to do it. The easy thing for me to say is, oh, Colin School is going to be the defense player of the game. And 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 listen, if I say Colin School is going to be the defense player of the game, I'm going to be right eight times out of ten. Right? Usually he's either whenever we have our recaps, he's either the player of the game or we just don't want to make him the player of the game. He's that good. Um, but I'm actually going to go ahead and say a guy that has become one of my favorite players on the team, DTD, Deidre and Taylor Demerson. I, I, I say he gets a pick. I say he gets a pick in this game because we're going to need it. We're going to need it to have any shot at, at this one. I say he gets a pick in this game, um, which leads me to my prediction. All right. So my prediction on this game, what is going to happen? So one thing to note, the line is Baylor by 14 and a half. That's a pretty big line. It's a pretty big line. That is Vegas saying, we don't think you have a shot in this. Um, this is in Waco. Uh, speaking of not having a shot in this, ESPN has given Baylor an 84.2% chance of winning this game. Listen, Vegas ain't no dummies. <laughs> Vegas ain't no dummies. I think Baylor wins. I think they win. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I hope it's not going to be a blowout. I think... It, I think it's going to be very similar to the Iowa State game to where the – or to, sorry, to the Oklahoma State game to where offense struggles and defense tries as best as they can, but it doesn't matter. Um, I think two touchdowns sounds about right. Sounds about right. Give me uh, give me Baylor – give me Baylor 31-17. Baylor 31-17. I mean, it, it, listen, this Baylor team is good. They're, they're a very well-balanced team, probably – now, I will say it. They are the most well-balanced team in the Big 12. The most well-balanced team on both sides in the Big 12. Uh, very balanced, and, and they, they they make things happen. So, um, an absolutely scary team to be to be around. Um, funny enough, I made my prediction, and I just realized Texas uh, uh, Baylor averages 34 points a game, so I'm holding them a little bit under their average. They also only give up 19 points a game, so I'm holding them. So I'm giving them uh, uh, two on the other side. So, uh, But, yeah, no, 31 – 31 to 17 seems about right. It's going to be tough sledding for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Um, I do think, unfortunately, this is just a tough, this is a tough game. Tough game in Waco, remember, in Waco. I will say, if you got a chance to go out to Waco, listen, I know, why, why the hell would you want to go to Waco? I get that. But the stadium's nice. The stadium's pretty nice. I, I can't front on the stadium, right? It reminds me of whenever I'm a, I'm a Texans fan, I, I do hate the Dallas Cowboys. But the first time I was in Jerry World, I couldn't hate. I was like, hey, man, this stadium is lit. And the first time I went to uh, McLean Stadium, couldn't hate. I was like, you know, they got a river on one side of the stadium. That's fantastic. I can't hate on it. It's a really nice stadium. If you get a chance to go to the game, go to the game, cheer on the Red Raiders no matter what happens. And uh, sure, I mean, you know, we have a, according to ESPN, we only have a 15.8% chance to win. But who knows? Crazy things have happened. And at least you get a shot to, chance to check out the stadium. I, you, you don't want to check out Waco. There's really no reason to check out Waco. But the stadium's nice. Stadium's nice. Um, you know, Waco's trash when the best thing about the city is the fact that their football stadium is pretty nice. <laughs> um, that's enough Baylor slander. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, this will be a good game. So with that being said, if Tech loses this, so one thing that's going to be interesting, let me rewind there, is what bowl does Texas Tech go to, right? If Texas Tech loses this game, that puts us in a pretty interesting position. Right, that would give Texas Tech a six and six record on the season, and three and six in conference. Now, if we win this game, we're seven and five on the season and four and five in conference. Right? Why these things are matter is because of this. As of right now, there is a total of six teams in the Big Twelve that are bowl eligible. Right? There are two teams 
that have a shot at being bowl eligible this weekend. Those two teams, uh, excuse me, those two teams are TCU and West Virginia. No, 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 no it's not. It's not Texas. I, I don't. I don't know if you know. No, no, Texas is not one of the teams that are bowl eligible already. They, and, and no, no, they cannot be bowl eligible this week either. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. You heard that right. Yeah, but Texas will not be going to a game, to a bowl game. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, no, they're the four and seven. Yeah, you'd be shocked. Yeah, they're four and seven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who knows? They might be four and eight by the time this uh, podcast drops. <laughs> ah, laughing at Texas is tight. Um, but anyways, so yeah, so there's what, what'll be interesting here is, is that the Big 12 bowl lineup is, is interesting in itself. Uh, we, the Big 12's bowl ties, Start off at the top. So first things first is it starts off with if we get to a college football playoff, right? And and in my opinion, only one school uh, has a shot at the college football playoff, and that one school is Oklahoma State. I think if Oklahoma State wins Bedlam and then follows that up by beating Baylor in the Big 12 championship game, then Oklahoma State has earned their right to the college football playoff, whether that may be at the expense of Cincinnati, that may be at the expense of Notre Dame, um, but they deserve a chance to be, they deserve to be in the top four. Now, if Oklahoma ends up beating Oklahoma State twice, do they get in? Their name might carry them in, but I do think it's tougher, right? I, I don't know if I was a Final Four voter that I would vote Oklahoma in just because they found a way to beat one team two times, right? Like, I, I don't necessarily know if that happens. I'm not saying it won't happen, but I, I, I just, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, but I do think if they do it, Oklahoma State gets in. So now, with that being said, what happens after that is, is that the New York Six Bowls. Now, the loser of the Big 12 championship game, which if Baylor beats us and Oklahoma State wins, it'll be Baylor. Or, or if the you know one of the Oklahoma schools, um, we should get at least two schools that go to either one in the college football playoff, one in New York Six, or even both in the New York Six games should happen. If that which which mean one team maybe in the Sugar Bowl, another one maybe in the Fiesta Bowl, some some aspect of that, but that should happen. So with that being said, the Alamo Bowl then becomes the number one non-New York Six bowl game for the Big Twelve, right? So what ends up happening is is that I've I've kind of talked about the three teams in the Big Twelve championship running. That's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Baylor. The number three team of those three schools will virtually automatically go into the Alamo Bowl. Those those Alamo is basically picking what's left of those three. Next up would be the Cheez-It Bowl. Now, the Cheez-It Bowl is that bowl out in Arizona, right? And I, the Cheez-It Bowl is interesting. And then this is where it kind of gets a little bit interesting, right? Right now, Kansas State is 7-4, and 4-4 four, four and four in conference. They are playing Texas on Black Friday. Uh, they have the opportunity to be 8-4, and 5-4 four, and four in conference. If they, if they get to 8-4, and four, if they beat Texas, get to 8-4, and four, they should be in the Cheez-It Bowl. I, I don't really see a scenario where they would not be in the Cheez-It Bowl at that point. Um, however, if they lose that game and Iowa State wins their game, right, then I could I could see the Cheez-It Bowl choosing Iowa State. But I think, honestly, I think at, at right now, I, I think it's a safe bet to say the Kansas State Wildcats will likely be in that bowl. So where it gets interesting, for Texas Tech anyway, is starting with the, the Texas Bowl. Now, some people have held out hope that Texas Tech can be in the Texas Bowl because it's in Houston. I mean, why wouldn't you want to be able to travel? It'd be big. Last time we were at the Texas Bowl, we saw Pat Mahomes go up against LSU. That was really the game that got Pat Mahomes drafted. It was a great time. I was at that game. It was fun. We lost, but it was fun. Um, 
I don't see a scenario where Texas Tech goes to the Texas Bowl. I think that uh, that would be very tough for us to get there um, because the thing about it is that at the end of the day, Kansas State, if can if Jesus Bowl chooses Iowa State, Kansas State's the easy option there. If they don't, if Kansas State, which I believe will probably go to the Jesus Bowl, and then so we have Iowa State there. If Iowa State wins, they're likely the team is going to go to the Texas Bowl. Listen, Texas Bowl does like Texas teams, but they're not going to reach down for one. They're going to choose a team like Iowa State, who's just better. Now, if Iowa State does happen to lose to TCU, which will be interesting, then TCU is bowl eligible. Now, here's the weird part about that, is that then TCU would be 6-6, six and 4-5 six, and five in conference, and unless Texas Tech wins against Baylor, there's no reason for the Big 12, for the uh, um, Texas Bowl to reach down and pick Texas Tech. They'd pick TCU. TCU would a team that would have a better conference record than Tech, would have the same overall record, and would have beaten Tech. TCU would be the pick. So I don't, unless Tech, if Tech beats, if Tech beats Baylor, well, then that changes things. Then the Cheez Bowl, we have a shot at the Cheez Bowl, but then we would definitely, I'm almost sure the Texas Bowl would choose Texas Tech, even over Iowa State. But as a loss there, I don't see a scenario where Texas Tech goes through the Texas Bowl. So where that does is that leaves us with either the Liberty Bowl out in Memphis or the guaranteed or the guaranteed rate. Oh, let me let me put this. It either leaves us the Liberty Bowl out in Memphis or one of the bowls in in Dallas. <laughs> Not sure which one. Lockheed Martin Bowl. Uh, I believe that's the bowl in uh, uh in, the, in the Cotton Bowl. First Responders Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, is the bowl in Fort Worth. Right. That's what's gonna. That's where it's gonna leave us. Um, Liberty Bowl. Good shot at. I think. I think especially if if Iowa State wins their game, I think Tech is basically slot them in right there in the Liberty Bowl. Uh, if Texas Tech loses their game. Uh, or sorry, no. If Texas Tech, yeah, if, if Texas Tech loses the game, Iowa State wins the game. I put us in the Liberty Bowl. I think that's almost, almost a given. Uh, if that doesn't happen, if TCU does end up winning, I still think there's a good shot we're at the Liberty Bowl. But and then what gets interesting is if West Virginia wins. If West Virginia wins, you take your pick between West Virginia and Texas Tech, right? West Virginia would have a better conference record, uh, but however, would have lost Texas Tech and have the same overall record. Also, fun fact: Memphis is exactly equidistant from Morgantown and Lubbock, so I have no idea which way they would go. Um, if not, then like I said, we are, we're looking at, uh, one of those bulls in Dallas. So, um, if that's only if, again, I'll, I'll say this, that's only if either West Virginia or TC win. So it'll be interesting to know. I, I just said a lot of words, just said a lot of things. You can rewind it and, and go back to see what I'm saying exactly. Um, but, uh, if I had to pick my pick of where I think Texas Tech goes, I think we're going to go to Liberty Bowl. I think you saddle up for Memphis. It'll be a good time. Um, not really much in Memphis, but Bill Street is awesome. The food is fantastic. Bill Street's awesome. Food is fantastic. Actually, you know what? I said not much in Memphis. That alone is enough for me. Um, but, uh, should be, should be a good time. So, um, that's it. That's all I got for me. Uh, we'll see what happens this weekend. Should be a fun time. Be on the lookout for the recap pod after Texas Tech plays Baylor. And we'll actually be able to talk a little bit more about where we think Texas Tech will be going to a bowl game. And it won't just be made up, fought up words. It'll be actually actual uh, comments and, and statements and and uh, uh, actuality. So so that's great. So for our, my producer extraordinaire, Dylan, that's in the background editing this podcast, I am Albie Shore. You've been listening to Tortillas and Takes podcast powered by Guns Up Nation. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.